Welcome to Lessons from the Field, where I talk with staff members from the Austin Independent School District about teaching and learning in our community. Discussions focus on various education topics and how they impact and empower teachers and students. My name is Mark, and I'm so very glad and humbled that you have joined us today. Well, hello again, everyone. Glad you have joined us for another episode today. Our guests, we're going to take a little bit of a a little bit of a detour of what we've done in previous episodes. If you've listened, our previous episodes, we've been focusing on onboarding new hires in our teacher induction program welcome week. And today I'm real excited because we have three teachers from the same campus, and they're going to share their experiences on the campus and working with students, working with families and working with the community. And so our guest today, we have with us Hannah Friedman, who is a literacy instructional coach. We have Celeste Stedman, who is a fifth grade bilingual teacher. And we have Jose Rodriguez, a fifth grade bilingual teacher as well. And all three of these staff members are at Jordan Elementary School. So I'm going to go ahead and invite each of you first to just share a little bit about yourselves with the audience. And and Hannah, I'm going to invite you to go first on this. Sure. I am Hannah Friedman. Uh, This is my 11th year in AASD, my eighth year at Jordan. Um, At Jordan, I taught second grade and fourth grade. When I was in fourth grade, I did reading, writing, and social studies before moving into this role. Um, And in the past four years, that role has kind of shifted to, in the past, I've worked with students that need extra reading support in small groups. Uh, And then this school year, I'm working exclusively supporting teachers. I'm also the 504 coordinator at school and the CST chair. So I help problem solve when we have academic needs uh, for particular students and also behavior needs. And I'm also nationally board certified through AISD. Thank you, Hannah. Jose, I'm going to go ahead and invite you to go next, sir. So this is my fourth year here with AISD, second year with Jordan Elementary, and I just have taught fifth grade math and science for the past four years. And where are you from originally, Jose? Where did you grow up? Oh, in Paso, Texas. El Paso. Okay. Well, we're glad to have you in Austin. And finally, Celeste. Um, hi, my name is Celeste Stedman. Um, this is my 10th year uh, with the district. I have had many different titles in these 10 years. I was I started in first grade, bilingual. I became a reading specialist. And then I became a third grade teacher. And now I am a fifth grade teacher um, and have been in fifth grade now for three years. This is my third year. Celeste, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I'm from Eagle Pass, so southwest Texas border with Mexico. Okay, wonderful. We're glad to have you in Austin as well. So there's a lot that's happened in education here over the past 18 months or so with with the pandemic and everything. And in Austin right now, we have our students back in the classrooms, teachers back in the classrooms. So Celeste, I'm gonna go ahead and direct this this first question your way. And then Jose and Hannah, feel free to jump in. Um, 
as you hear her response, but Celeste, can you share with our listeners what it's like working with your students and family and communities right now? So I feel like it's gotten a whole lot better from when the beginning of the pandemic started or whenever we let out for that spring break and did not come back afterwards. Um, so the beginnings were struggling, trying to get a hold of parents, making sure those phone numbers were working, texting, emailing, whatever way we could get in contact with parents. And I feel like now parents are so much more used to listening or hearing from their teachers that it's become a, be a better relationship between the teachers and parents, um, definitely throughout this year and a half of technology troubles and helping each other in a true partnership, I believe. So for me, I think it's, um, I wanna say the same thing. Uh, at the beginning, it was really challenging. Like the parents were not used to having a lot of communication as now, whenever the pandemic started. Uh, so at first it was challenging trying to get re uh, reached out to them. And then once we started doing that, now like the parents feel like more, like there's a two-way communication. Uh, there's still some of the parents that there's, we struggle to communicate with. and. Uh, but still, like, I feel like comparing it before the, the pandemic, before we had Zoom, before we had to call and make sure that the students were understanding the assignments and that everything was working, I guess, like now I can say there's more communication going back and forward. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, I think, as Celeste mentioned last year, it was just, it was so rough on everyone. And it just, the tone at school just didn't feel joyous really ever. It just felt so like we're just getting through it. That was just kind of like the mindset because that's all, that's all we could do while we were teaching concurrently. And, you know, us as staff being back in the building well before we knew anything about a vaccine. So it's just like a very kind of tense time. And then this year, you know, I think it feels more like school. Kids get to see each other at recess and see each other at lunch and have work and partner groups. That's not something that we could do last year because of COVID. So I think kind of the general feeling at school just feels a lot more like light and a lot more like how a school should be where, you know, kids feel like kids and get to work together and, and laugh together. And that feels like a really big difference than last year for sure. And I feel like even just to add on that, um, like now before a lot of teachers or parents were not used to using like Remind, Class Dojo and all of that, I guess it was more traditionally as the phone call. So now I feel like the parents had a lot of experience now uh, because of the pandemic, they had to actually know how to use these platforms and that had actually increased the communication between teachers and parents. Well, it's real exciting to hear to hear you say that, especially early on. That's always something that we strive for is we, we want to make sure that there's a there's a partnership with the parents and the students and the teachers. And it's, it's good to hear that this was a positive outcome, if you will, of the experiences we had last year. Jose or Celeste, so you guys teach fifth grade, so 
the last time your students were in classrooms really were probably was probably third grade you know and there's that's a year and a half of a lot of development that didn't happen in a in a way we're used to what was that like at the start of school for you and your fifth grade or bilingual classrooms i think coming in this year i was very worried um, about where the students were going to be in terms of like the reading levels i'm the reading teacher in terms of the reading levels and how we were going to work with the students what helps what resources were we going going to be able to use with the students to bring them up to the level that they're supposed to be at but i have been pleasantly surprised that the students have risen up to the challenge of trying to be at the level that they're supposed to be at. They like coming to school, a lot of it because of the social aspect. Um, they get to see their friends. Some of them haven't seen their friends in a year, um, even though they might've been in the same classroom, they were mm -hmm. virtual. So they have that interaction now. And I feel like they have really been giving their studies, everything that they can, and really meeting the goals that they need to meet. Like for me, uh, like at the beginning, not knowing who was actually the whole year learning through Zoom and those who were here. And even last year, we had a big gap where we had, we started at home. Uh, but at the beginning, I, I was a little bit worried, uh, like Stedman about their levels in math and reading and everything because reading impacts all core subjects you know like they don't know how to read then they're gonna struggle in all the classes and at first we did see challenges like there was gaps a lot of gaps but changing from an environment where, where they were learning at home through a computer as to being here having the social environment with the students like teacher and students face to face and then kids in the classroom it actually helped them a lot I, i've been seeing like a lot of growth uh, there's still needs that we still need to tackle, but still, like, I feel like as we start moving uh, through the year, I think they're going to be better um, at, at grade level and be going to be able to close those gaps. So Hannah, Jose just mentioned the importance of literacy. So as a literacy instructional coach, I'm wondering your noticings at the start of the school year and what type of work you focused on to help the teachers with the students? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I support teachers pre-K through fifth grade. So it really looks a little bit different depending on those kind of grade level clusters. Third through fifth, it was crucial that we had a really strong schedule and we knew what every component of the literacy block was gonna be. Um, because we knew that we can't just have like a direct teach, the teacher teaches a lesson, the kids go. We needed, you know, to set up guided reading, they needed independent work, they needed writing being a big focus, especially now that it's a combined test. Um, it's no longer just isolated to fourth grade. So that was really big at the beginning of the year and making sure all those little tiny puzzle pieces fit and that teachers knew what was happening in those blocks of time. Um, third through fifth, the humanities curriculum is really well written this year. Uh, it's really accessible to teachers. So 
we could really focus more on the delivery of those lessons rather than just starting from scratch. So that was big third through fifth. And then for K through two, getting really good diagnostic assessments quickly. So us knowing, so I really appreciate like Celeste and Jose were mentioning like student needs, like we're not, it's really important. I think, especially for reading that we don't look at kids as just low or medium or high because there's so many components of reading. So looking at, okay, in kinder, we need to know every week how many letter sounds the kid knows. In first grade, we need to know how many consonant, vowel, consonant words that they know. Second grade, they're already in fluency. So talking with teachers about how we're going to see where the kids are, because we can't, we can't change that. That's where they are. Seeing where they are so that we can help create goals with them. Uh, and monitor that. So that was a big focus on the primary grades and then also making sure we're teaching all elements of reading. So reading isn't just comprehension and reading isn't just sounding words out loud. So making sure teachers felt comfortable with all those different uh, elements of it. And so it sounds like it's a, it was a campus-wide campus, campus -wide focus. It's not just something you can do supporting teachers and it's not something that just the fifth grade team can do. Am, am I understanding that right? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's a really collaborative environment here, you know, that teachers talk between grade levels about, you know, what did you cover last year? What were the biggest areas of need? Uh, people talk across their teams also to, yeah, get a, a better overview of where students are and what we need to move them. So both Celeste and Jose, you mentioned one of the opportunities that you gained is better communication, particularly with parents and in a variety of different ways. So not just using a telephone, but using different kind of technology. I'm wondering other opportunities that you've, that you're taking advantage of with the start of school year, kind of based on how last year went. So at the beginning, um, and even right now, we use a lot of blend. Um, so the district put some of our daily lessons, I guess, in blend still. So that's a way that we have used with parents to allow them to see the instruction that is happening in the classroom as well. So blend has been kind of like a bridge between school and home. Like if they want to know what we're covering this week, they could always log in to blend either as the student or they have um, observ observer rights, I believe that's what it's called. Um, they're able to see what their kid is doing here in school. So I think that's been a pretty useful um, tool here at school to help the parents and the students too that are struggling. Yeah, I want to say the same is like blend, like we were not used to, like that was more like middle school, high school. But then in elementary, we started doing that and the lower grades, uh, Seesaw. Mm -hmm. So I feel like uh, some, there's some, some teachers that still use that uh, to provide homeworks online as the kids are more like technology. Um, they're really good in technology. So instead of just being just regular paper and pencil, uh, taking them to the computers home and do assignments online. And I have to say like Zoom has also been a good resource because now if parents or students are struggling, 
even though Zoom is not what we use anymore to hold class, we can still be like, okay, I'm gonna send you a Zoom link so that we can talk and see each other um, and talk about whatever it is that your student needs help or that you need help with any school assignments. Hannah, in your work, did you find any opportunities useful in supporting the teaching and learning on your campus? I think that getting using the like blend for assessments has been really helpful because we get results really quickly. Uh, back in the day, we'd have to grade our test by hand and do item analysis by hand every single week and use little tally marks to see what teak was frequently missed. And it's really nice that we can get data super quickly about students. So that's been a really nice piece of it. I think also, yeah, just kind of utilizing, there's so many resources that are out there, you know, like using quizzes or using Google forms for things that we normally would have like put on a worksheet. So it just has kind of become, I don't know, a regular option that like comes up frequently in conversations, whereas before it felt like we would, I don't know, have to very intentionally say, how are we going to integrate technology? And now it just feels like any other resource that we have at our fingertips too. I've, I've seen uh, a lot more teachers using Google Slides to kind of like map out their content also. And that, I mean, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have said, that's crazy. What? Like, why would anyone do that? But that has just become like a regular practice too. Can you guys, big picture, I'm not sure who would want to respond first to this, but the collaboration on your, on your campus, and I know Hannah, you mentioned this a little bit, but can you talk about how your PLCs are structured, how cross-grade collaboration might be structured, how often, what does that look like on, at Jordan Elementary? I run the language arts PLCs, uh, so everyone gets to see my face every Tuesday, the language arts teachers. So we meet with language arts teachers. So in fifth grade, uh, there's Miss Stedman, who's our dual language teacher, and then we have a ESL teacher. So we meet uh, and also the dual language coach sometimes with admin if they're available. And then math teachers meet with our math coach. Science sadly gets kind of put on the back burner. So we meet weekly, we talk about, um, yeah, our teaks for the week, our high leverage teaks. We talk about what's the activity each day, what's the student success criteria each day, and then how are we assessing that skill? So that's how our weekly PLCs run. And then outside of that, y'all meet as a grade level too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so we, we meet as a grade level and try, you know, we collaborate as to are you seeing the same needs as like the is your student having the same issues as mine? What kind of strategy or any activity that you have differently that you think we can tackle this? And also, like I, I have even talked to the other grade level teachers whenever I have this student uh, that is still struggling with this. I go and talk to them like, hey, do you remember that he struggled on the, and doing this, doing that? And then even like going back to teach, sometimes we have to reteach. So sometimes it's really helpful whenever we talk to third grade, fourth grade teachers as to like, sometimes I go in and I ask them, hey, can I use this goal map for third grade? Do you have a copy? Um, because I need to, to go all the way back and scaffold 
you know, and then he gives me the strategies and stuff like that. So we help each other out. And also like whenever we talk, um, whenever we have meetings as to all the math teachers meet and all the reading teachers meet. And then we all talk about like, hey, this is what we're seeing. And that's where we can see as to, okay, those students are having the needs as my students. So probably something that's maybe a focus next year whenever they come to fifth grade. And then we talk about how we can like help them move through the, through the levels, I mean, grade levels. And probably even say, hey, you know, like for fifth grade, I will really want the students to know how to multiply for them to know the facts, you know, because that is really important for us, to, for them to know in fifth grade and the place value, you know, like putting more emphasis at things that, that the students will need as a prerequisite for whenever they come to the next grade, next grade level and for us to know that they're ready. And we also have our bilingual committee. Um, so we meet once a month and that is across grade levels. There's a rep from each one of the grade levels and we're able to talk about what is working in our classrooms, what are the expectations for us since we just started doing the dual language model this year, this year here on campus. So we do talk a lot about what are the requirements for us? How is this supposed to look? How is the math block supposed to look? And we're able to support each other that way. And in turn, we support all the other dual language teachers that are on campus. That probably helps provide a cohesive message to Celeste is if you guys are able to meet once a month, like you said, I'm glad to hear that that's happening. Is there anything campus-wide, an effort campus-wide to reach out to families and communities as well, that whether it's help people feel safe back in buildings, or it could be, you know, after being secluded, after being isolated for so long, people's comfort level around people or in spaces varies. Is there any is there any kind of work being done at Jordan or efforts to kind of help families with any of those stresses they might be experiencing? So we actually have a family engagement committee, which also has a rep from each one of our grade levels. And we work closely with PTA as well. Um, so our parent support specialist does a wonderful job at reaching the parents at home and we build that bridge um, with the school as well with this family engagement committee. Yeah, so, so like at the beginning and still like there's two concerns on the staff side and on parents about COVID, about trying to do events, um, you know, in school. I know that the parents now they can come for any educational purposes in, inside the campus when last year they were not allowed to. Uh, so we've, like me and Ms. Denman, we actually taken leadership uh, position where and the family event and trying to work with parents and PTA. So we have always communicate with the principal as to, hey, we're trying to do this event. Can we actually do it? Um, last time we had uh, bingo night. So it was trying to reach out to the parents. Uh, we did it during the back to school night so we could have more attendees. Uh, so actually, we had to wait for like two and some weeks uh, to get approval from our principal boss as to, depending on the COVID guidelines, to see how we could do that event. 
And we actually, we wanted to do that event and our principal is trying her best to reach out to the community to bring them back. Um, so we're really gonna be really active this year in creating events. Uh, this October 29, we're gonna have our trunk or treat. Uh, we're gonna invite the, the community and all the kids to come and get uh, trick-or-treat candy. We're also doing like a little fall festival outside so people can stay so they can feel more secure. Uh, we're gonna do bingo night again. We're gonna do uh, like some other events, um, some other stations so the kids can enjoy it and the community can also come. Uh, so we're really working uh, with closely with PTA and the principal to try to do more events like that to bring the community for the parents to feel more comfortable. And like, I feel like it's gonna take a while, but then it's slowly but surely it's gonna be better. So hopefully by next semester, whenever we have more events, uh, we get more people to attend and be more engaged with the school. Yeah, and of course, following the district guidelines of still using a mask, um, trying to have as many events outside as possible so that people feel a little bit um, safer than being enclosed in, inside the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for not back to school, but the meet the teacher at the beginning of the year was all outside. So teachers kind of had different booths and it, it was a really, really big turnout. So yeah, they've done a really good job of kind of like meeting people where they are with their comfort level, but trying to make less things only through Zoom this year. Yeah, so, so even with the events, we're trying to, you know, like make it fun for parents and students. So, and then, as you know, we're always limited on funds. So we try to fundraise and get donors, you know, like so parents can come. In bingo, we got, you know, some gift cards and then the teachers gave out some little baskets, you know, to incentivize people to come and have fun. Like we know it's COVID, we know a lot of things have changed, but uh, we can still, you know, like they can still be involved with the school and have a great time and be safe with COVID guidelines. So with that in mind, is there also work within your vertical team? So as fifth grade teachers, it's important that when, they, when they're heading into sixth grade that they're ready for sixth grade and everything. Are you or will you do some collaborating with your middle school vertical teams. I think you guys are in LBJ's mm -hmm. plan. So I guess either Sadler Means or Gus Garcia. Yeah, so we'll have every year we have the middle schools come and present the best parts about their school. Um, but this year, I believe last year too, it was over Zoom. And that's as much of the collaboration that we do with middle school since COVID started. So knowing that most of our listeners are AISD staff, and hopefully we have a lot of elementary teachers listening as well, what piece of advice might you give our listeners? I think it's twofold. I really think you have to have a sense of humor. Like, this is a really hard job. and. Crazy things happen, but kids are really funny. And sometimes like you can only laugh. Like that's why I invited Ms. Stedman and Mr. Rodriguez because like when absurd things happen, we just like, we just have to laugh better at the end of the day because it's just really hard work. Uh, the other thing I would say too, is that 
you have to find a good network of people that you can on your campus and outside of it who are teachers that you can ask for advice and vent and share frustrations because people not in edu- in public education do not understand the realities. And then I would also say that people that work in Title I campuses, I think we have a unique set of challenges. So even more so, it's crucial that we have, you surround yourself with other educators that understand your context because you have to problem solve with other people. You have to rely on other people for advice and it's impossible to try to handle everything alone. Thank you, Hannah. Jose? So I feel like my advice would be like, it is, it, like, it's been a challenging year. I mean, last year was a challenge year. This year is kind of feel the same, but I feel like now, like we gotta make the most out of it. Now that we have the students in campus, there is a big gap. There is a need, um, you know, there's a lot of need and there's only a few of us. So I feel like my advice would be like, make the most out of it. Try to cherish those little moments that you spend with the students. Uh, even now, like we have like the holidays coming, like do something, some learning that involves like projects, like Halloween project, fall, Thanksgiving, Christmas little projects, and just try to cherish, cherish those moments and make the kids happy because they, they did spend a lot of time at home. So at least uh, try to, to make it better for them and also for yourself, you know. Uh, we're here for the students and we, we just kind of had to try to do the best we can. Thank you, Jose. Celeste? I would say to give grace to students. They have gone through a lot. Um, our fifth graders, last normal year they had was second grade. And after that, like third grade got cut in half. Fourth grade was virtual, not virtual, virtual again. And it's been a mess. Fifth grade is more of a normal year, but they have lost that time in school. So give grace to the students. They're trying their best. And even though they might not be where they're supposed to be at in fifth grade, if we keep on working with them, um, they I'm sure will rise to the challenge and also give grace to yourself. You have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's only normal to feel this stress, to feel like we're being pulled in a million different ways as teachers. So just give yourself grace, understand where you're at, know your limitations, set your boundaries as to what you're willing to do or give your time to um, so that you can take care of yourself. Hey, I have a couple of questions I did not give you ahead of time. These are meant to be a little bit fun. Don't think too hard about them. And so we'll change things up a little bit. Jose, I'm going to invite you to go first for this question and then Celeste, and then we'll, we'll close with Hannah. Can you share with our listeners something that has brought you joy recently? So like for me, that has brought me joy recently. Um, 
like like me i find joy like volunteering you know like trying to reach out to parents so um recently i took the leadership as a vice president for the pta vice president for the social committee so i've been trying to do events with the help of other uh, people staff and you know parents to make the most out of this year and like like i told you like the bingo night it was really good i saw the parents having fun the kids had a great time so i haven't seen that in a while so that brought a lot of like happiness you know and and that is driving me to try to do more events for them because I feel like once, you know, like they feel like welcome and everything, uh, the parents are more willing to get involved in the student's education. And that goes a long way. Um, like, you know, like goes a long way as to whenever they get home, just asking them, what did you do today? What did you learn? So I feel like doing those small things, like volunteering, taking time, you know, like I feel like that has really bring me joy this year. And thank you for volunteering a lot of times we missed that from the pandemic and i'm glad you're able to go out and do that again celeste what's something that's brought you joy recently i think for me it's more on the personal level i started exercising again which i hadn't done since before covid um so it just it's allowed me to get some stress out of my body, some of that frustration out. Um, and I think it's really helped me just in the day by day here at school. I'm not as anxious as I was before. So I think that's something that has really brought me joy since I started doing it. Not necessarily doing it, but the way it makes you feel afterwards. Well, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. That's that's a big deal. Hannah, something that's brought you joy recently. Being able to go to restaurants again with people. That was, uh, yeah, I really rely on like my work family and then also like my friends outside of work to decompress and remember I am a human outside of the four walls of Barbara Jordan Elementary. And it was really tough in the beginning when we were only working and sitting in our homes. So being able to just, you know, go to happy hour with people, go to dinner with people, uh, that's brought me a lot of joy. So Celeste, we'll start with you. Is there a book that maybe you're reading or have recently finished that you might recommend for our listeners? Um, so my classroom is Harry Potter theme. So we've been working or reading um, a read aloud. We've been doing a read aloud um, with the students um, with the first book. And so far they've been very um, excited to read it. Most of them have not read it. And they're very excited that whenever we're done with the book, they're going to be able to see the movie. Um, have a little lunch bunch and see, compare the book and the movie. Um, so it's not necessarily like a teacher book, but it's just something that the kids are very excited about right now. That's great. Thank you. 
Anna, we'll shift this question over to you. Um, this one I read over the summer. It's a book called The Party of Two by the author Jasmine Gilroy. She writes all romantic comedy books that are just like the most lighthearted. It's like a TV show, but in a book. And it was the perfect like escape from the world and like the perfect summer read. Thank you, Hannah. So my guests today have been three teachers from Jordan Elementary School here in Austin ISD. We have Hannah Friedman, Celeste Stedman, and Jose Rodriguez today. And our conversations focused on working with students and families in the community within the Jordan Elementary neighborhood. Hannah, Jose, Celeste, very much appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedules to join me this afternoon and looking forward to collaborating with you in the future. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. These podcasts are produced by the Professional Learning Department of the Austin Independent School District. Be sure to subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at AustinISDPL. Please join us again next week for another episode of Lessons from the Field.